Star Wars 7x7 episode 2238. Yesterday we looked at the seven top winners from the events of The Force Awakens and today we're going to flip that around and look at the seven top losers from the events of The Force Awakens. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So as I explained at the top of yesterday's episode, way back in the history of Star Wars 7x7, double digits on the number of episodes actually, if you can believe that. I did a series of looks at the original trilogy movies and the prequel trilogy movies and did it from the perspective of winners and losers. Whose fortunes came out better as a result of the events of a given movie, whose fortunes turned out worse, whether by the actions they took, by the actions that were taken against them, by sheer luck or sheer misfortune, whatever the circumstances, who ended up being you know, the best off as a result of the events of the movie, who ended up being the worst off. And today, we're gonna look at the losers, the people whose fortunes were made significantly worse by the events of The Force Awakens. And we're gonna start at number seven and work our way up to the biggest loser at number one. Number seven, for my reckoning, is Maz Kanata. And by the way, this is obviously my list, but I would love to hear your list. So let me know what you think either at home base for the show at SW7X7.com or wherever you happen to catch this show where there's a comment section. So Maz Kanata is running her pirate business like everything's fine and then suddenly the First Order shows up on Takadana and lays waste to her castle. This is not very good for her and she walks around going, those beasts, sir! And that's pretty much the last we see of her. Now, ultimately, she's a pirate who's been operating for hundreds of years. She's a thousand years old. I think she's probably going to be okay. I mean, we know she's going to be okay, but just from the perspective of only seeing the events of The Force Awakens, yeah, that doesn't look like things went very well for her at all, but I think she's going to be okay. Now, Sixth on the list of losers is Snap Wexley. Snap Wexley, played by Greg Grunberg, who is a fan favorite of J.J. Abrams. His character, well, shucks. When we meet him in Act 3, he has done something rather rash. He was supposed to be scouting out Starkiller Base, but they were scouting him and they tracked him back to the Resistance Base on Dakar. So Snap Wexley has endangered all of the lives of the Resistance as a result of his sloppy scouting mission. And that would be bad enough. I mean, you know, the Resistance does have other cells that are in other locations, so if Dakar gets vaporized, it won't be the end of the Resistance necessarily, but it would be the killing blow because leadership is gone, right? Hosnian Prime has already been wiped out, so the New Republic is gone. Any hope of surviving the First Order's onslaught lies at the Resistance base at Dakar, and Snap Wexley jeopardizes the whole thing. Now, thankfully for him, he's able to help with the attack on Starkiller Base and able to help destroy it, but the Resistance is exposed, and when he gets back to base, he's going to have to be helping in an evacuation that is really his fault. Now, in fifth place, I have Unkar Plot. 
oh, why Unkar Plutt and why would he be higher up than, say, Snap Wexley? Well, at least Snap Wexley is still going to be you know, welcomed into the resistance. It's not like they're going to kick him out of there for this mistake. Unkar Plutt is going to be more vulnerable than ever to people trying to move in on his territory as a result of the events of The Force Awakens. This is because he has lost his prime scavenger in Rey, and he's had the Millennium Falcon stolen from right under his nose, and all he can do is go, that's mine! And yes, referring to deleted scenes, he ends up on Takadana, and Chewie ends up ripping at least one arm out. So yeah, <laughs> Ankar Plutt's hold on Jakku is irrevocably loosened as a result of the events of The Force Awakens. His livelihood, his power, all gone, and certainly dismembered to boot. In fourth place, I have Captain Phasma, who certainly appeared like she was on top of the world at the beginning of The Force Awakens. And unlike Ankar Plutt, who is going to survive the events of The Force Awakens as far as we know, and live to possibly redeem himself in some fashion, we don't get that sense for Captain Phasma. As far as we know, Captain Phasma is going to die inside a garbage compactor on Starkiller Base. And yes, we know she escapes, but we didn't know that at the time of the movie. We just knew that she looked like a bad mamma jamma, and then she was undone by a rogue stormtrooper and a massive Wookiee with a grudge, dropped unceremoniously into a trash chute after betraying the First Order and lowering the shields to allow the attack on Starkiller Base. So yeah, not a good day for Captain Phasma at all. In third place, I have General Leia Organa. Now, here's the thing. She's been searching for Luke for a long time, and yes, it seems like a positive thing that she's about to get the piece of the map that will help reunite her with her long-lost brother. But in the process, in the meantime, the entire New Republic leadership and the New Republic Navy has been wiped out by the First Order. There has been a massive attack that has utterly completely destroyed the leadership of the galaxy. And so now it falls to her to be able to lead a resistance against the First Order. And does she have it in her to lead another fight like this? Well, of course, the answer is yes, but really she deserves to be retired, and yet she's not going to get that chance. What's more is that the possibility of a reunion with Han and with Chewie comes at a price. The fact that, you know, Kylo Ren is also lurking about and she's hoping for a reconciliation with him and she's going to have to send Han and Chewie away to help try to make that happen while at the same time somehow trying to defeat the First Order. I mean, what are the chances that something like that is going to work? Well, slim and none, basically. Yes, they're able to survive the whole Starkiller base foo but she loses Han, and she possibly loses her son further off into the dark side because of the fact that he's killed his dad? Ugh, yeah, this is not very good at all. And sure, yes, there is a glimmer of hope at the end. The fact that she has the map, that she's able to send Rey and Chewie and R2-D2 off to find Luke. But in the meantime, she's going to have to evacuate this space, get on the run, and she is now alone in the universe. Utterly alone. You know, she's 
Hopefully Luke will come back. Hopefully Luke is still alive wherever in the world he may be, but or wherever in the galaxy, I suppose. <laughs> but the fate of the galaxy is now squarely on her shoulders. And yeah, it's been too long fighting these battles for her. And I suppose you could make a really strong case for that being in you know the top position, quite honestly, if not even in second place. But yeah, it's, you know, ultimately going to be a personal list, I guess, and I'm going to put Kylo Ren in second place for this because he feels like he is on top of the world with his time in the First Order, but he's also constantly having to prove himself to Supreme Leader Snoke, and he's got this annoying pest with General Hux who keeps bugging him. He thinks he's finally got it handled, but nope, he does not. And he thinks he's going to get a handle on it by killing his dad, but nope, that definitely doesn't help things out. He thinks he's going to handle the traitor and the girl who has his grandfather's lightsaber, but nope, he's not able to pull that off either. And so basically his place at the top of the power structure, at least, you know, second position in the power structure of the First Order, is utterly devastated as a result of the events of The Force Awakens, where Leia at least is able to claim victory during the events of The Force Awakens with the destruction of Starkiller Base, and that she has the map and is able to send people to find Luke Skywalker, Kylo Ren doesn't really have any places where he can claim victory. I mean, basically he helped to hasten Rey's activation within the Force, which ultimately led to his defeat in personal combat. He has been reduced in the eyes of Supreme Leader Snoke. He split his soul to the bone, as we will later hear you know, elaborated upon in The Last Jedi, but you can see it on his face in The Force Awakens. You know that his killing of his father didn't do what it was supposed to do for him. Like he says he knew he was what he was supposed to do, but didn't know if he had the strength for it. Well, dad helped him get the strength for it, but it didn't do what it was supposed to do. And his adoptive uncle shot him. Kaloran can't even claim the New Republic destruction as a victory because that's a Starkiller base thing. That's General Hux's initiative. And Hux has to rescue him. So he owes his life to General Hux for getting him off a Starkiller base. So... Yeah, uh, Kylo Ren has a really bad day of it with the Force Awakens events. And before we do the number one loser of the Force Awakens, I do want to quick uh, give a quick shout out to our friends at Audible and thank them for letting me offer you a free 30-day trial and free audiobook download via sw7x7.com audible. If you decide that you dig it and want to continue with a paid subscription, that ends up, you know, sending a little bit of commission referral income to Star Wars 7x7, which helps keep the lights on, keep all of the editing equipment running smoothly, all that fun stuff, and keep our studio manager, Indy, rolling in catnip. So one more time, that's sw7x7.com slash audible, and thank you for your support. So the number one loser, again, this is up for debate, so if you have a conflicting opinion, by all means, share it. For me, the number one loser in The Force Awakens is Chewbacca. And it starts out pretty quickly with him. I mean, it was very jarring when Rey let the Rathtars loose on the Aravana to hear Chewbacca moaning and growling in fear. I don't think we had ever heard that up until now. Like, even when he was in the trash compactor in A New Hope, like, 
you know, it just seemed silly at the time that he, you know, didn't want to be anywhere near where the Dianoga was or anything like that. You know, like he was actually, you know, bone chillingly afraid when the Rathdars were loose. And that was a little bit upsetting, to be honest with you. And then he gets shot. He gets shot in the midst of this whole situation, right? So already things going badly for Chewie from the moment that we see him or, you know, pretty quickly from the moment we see him. Then he is reunited with Leia, but only ever so briefly until he is forced to join in some darn fool mission with Han Solo and another suicide mission. I'm saying forced. He probably said, no, let's do this, of course, and was like, heck yeah. That's one of the funny things in the script for The Force Awakens when Finn says, you know, we're like, you know, we're on approach at light speed and Chewbacca goes well in the script that actually is translated as hell yeah so he seems excited about the prospect but my goodness isn't he too old for this stuff I mean Han Solo is too old for this by this time and Chewbacca is more than 200 years old like he should be retired he should be by a pond or a lake somewhere on Kashyyyk with the family, sipping frothy drinks and hanging out. Like he has earned it completely. And yet here he is going on some crazy mission to a snow planet where, you know, now his fur doesn't even keep him warm. Like that's how old he's gotten. And on this mission, he has to watch his adopted nephew kill his life partner, like his friend and collaborator and confidant for the past, what, 40 years? And then shoots his nephew and probably pulled the shot because of the emotion in the situation, right? Like he is invested in Kylo Ren in Ben Solo as much as anyone else, right? So yeah, oh, what a horrible thing. And instead of being released from his life debt, which I think the presumption is that he was, like, you would think that that would mean, okay, it's time for him to just go back to his family and hang out and enjoy frothy drinks by the pond. But nope, you know, his sense of honor certainly comes into play and it's like, I gotta see this through. And basically, you know, help the resistance and see what can be done about Ben Solo. So let's get Luke back into the fight. And so Chewbacca is dragged into this whole business once again. And that is going to wrap up my list of the top seven losers from The Force Awakens whose fortunes were significantly downgraded as a result of the events of The Force Awakens. And that is going to do it for this episode of the show as well. Thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2020 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.